Are you stuck in a rat race of schedules, to-do lists, and other people's priorities? Maybe you can't even remember when the last time you felt fully engaged with your body, your mind, and your surroundings. If this resonates with you, then you are in the right place. I am Susan Sanders, and I'm here to teach you about sustainable productivity. Each week, I'll be coming to your ears with lessons to create a life that you can fully engage with. Some weeks will be bite-sized moments of inspiration and sharing. Other weeks will include guests and more in-depth looks at doing the right things in a way that you can maintain over time. Let's get started. Welcome to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. I am your host, Susan Sanders. Today, we're talking about a cornerstone of sustainable Sioux productivity, and that is the weekly review. Before we get into that topic, we will start with this week's glimmer. A glimmer is a thought, feeling, or emotion that confirms we are on the right track towards making life sustainably productive. It is the opposite of a trigger. Let's cultivate these glimmers so you trust your instincts in finding small things or adjustments that create a life you don't feel like running away from. Today's glimmer is a new addition to our family. We got a puppy mid-September and she is absolutely adorable. I'll put a few photos in the show notes for you to ooh and awe over. We'd been thinking about getting a puppy, but needed to wait until we confirmed the paycheck for my new day job before we started looking. The day after my first paycheck came in, we stumbled across this puppy needing to be rehomed. I do want to be clear, though, that this has been a lot of work. I started a new day job with a pretty steep learning curve and some corporate instability, I'm working a new section of my recovery program and starting a new volunteer commitment with weekly training sessions right now. There's a lot happening, but we all have a lot happening, right? That is why I wanted to share additional pieces to this glimmer. Of course, having a puppy is bringing so much joy, but I'm also struggling with routine and generally getting things done. As I sit here, I have not washed my hair in five days and I've skipped most days of exercise, except of course, walking the puppy, no yoga, no cycling, etc. I am quite out of sorts, but I am saying no to basically everything else. There have been events, classes, and requests that I've had to turn down because my plate is running over. That is like the glimmer adjacent glimmer, learning from past mistakes to not make this season of overwhelm even more unsustainable. But the puppy is so cute. Again, be sure to check out the show notes for the photos. Is that the way I can drive traffic to my website and show notes? Puppy pictures? We'll see. Maybe maybe that's the key to, to breaking Sustainable Sue open. On to today's topic, the weekly review. We will break this into two parts, why it's important and how to do it. There are a zillion ways to do a weekly review, of course, but I'm going to run through the steps that I use so that you can start somewhere. It's about consistency and progress, not about perfection. But first, let's talk about why it is important to do a weekly review. The weekly review is part planning session and part retrospective. There are a few reasons why this is important. The first reason is that you have a placeholder where you know you can change your mind. One of the principles of sustainable productivity is small adjustments. 
Big sweeping changes are not sustainable, so we don't practice that here. Even the word change tends to make people shy away. The idea of an adjustment means that some of what you're doing is working. You just need some tweaks. This feels more doable, more accessible than throwing out everything you do today to pivot in a new way. This is often why diets don't work. I managed a cardiac rehab program for about a decade and we saw it over and over again. In her fear of another cardiac event, the wife would remove all fat, salt, alcohol, and sugar from the diet of her husband who had had the heart attack. That would work for about a month post-surgery. Then it was just too hard to maintain. It was too strict, too drastic. And if the patient could not continue to all of the new diet, he did none of it and would return to his pre-heart attack diet and feel like a failure. Often that led to repeat events, repeat cardiac events. The weekly review is important because it is where you can make these small adjustments. Each week, you can see how the previous week went and if you want to make any adjustments. You don't need to worry about remembering throughout the week what the plan is because the weekly review is the same time each week. It's the bucket where you can put behavior change decisions and thoughts. The second reason weekly reviews are important is for benchmarking. How do you know if your habit changes are making a difference if you don't measure success? While you're in the early stages of behavior change, the more often you get feedback, the more likely you are to stick with it. But let's be real. Doing this daily check-in often feels cumbersome for people who are already overwhelmed and burnt out. That doesn't mean you can't track habits on the daily basis, but this particular review has a few specific questions and activities built around it that don't really lend itself to being a daily activity. The flip side is true too. If you go 90 days or so without checking in with yourself, those small adjustments get washed away by the tidal wave that is life. Before we move into the nuts and bolts, I want to talk about logistics. I do my weekly review on Friday mornings and it covers the week after that. So for example, this episode is going to drop Monday, October 9th. So this Friday, Friday the 13th, I will do the weekly review for Monday the 16th through and including Sunday the 22nd. I like the cadence of Fridays planning a week forward from there, but you could pick any day. For me, the work week is wrapping up and there's some, I don't know, just week wrapping up energy that I just flow with to do the weekly review. All of my billable hours are submitted on Friday. The core work of Sustainable Sue is done by then. So it just seems right to transition into the weekly review. I also do it in the morning on Fridays because sometimes fun things happen on Friday afternoons, but I have consistent time on Friday morning to knock this out. I literally block an hour on my work calendar and call it weekly review. This way I protect that time and more and am more likely to get it done. It may slide to a time slot a little earlier or later, but if the time is there, it's less likely to be trampled by the busyness of life. Although I do block an hour, it rarely, rarely, rarely takes that long. It might while you're first getting started, but you will conquer the learning curve quickly, I'm sure. Also, if you need to look into activities for timing or ticket purchases or what other things that might come up on your weekly review that you want to plan, that might need some extra time and you can use the extra part of the hour that you have there. Better to block it and not need it. 
And remember, activities take about 50% longer than most people anticipate. So if you think, "Ah, I can get this done in 20 minutes, it's probably going to take you more towards 40 to 45. So just block the hour and you'll be all set. The last thing I want to say before specifics is what this weekly review is not. The weekly review is not a life planning session where you take big hairy goals and break it into monthly and weekly steps. That's a little different, but it does feed into this plan. Let me use my freelance writing work as an example. I sat down and figured out how much I need to make to support the sustainable Sue business, podcast hosting, website, email service provider fees, things like that. Then I broke it down to how much money per month and translated that to an average number of articles that I would need to write, the freelance work that I'm starting to get to pay for Sustainable Sue hosting. Then I figured out how many pitches I need in order to get that many articles actually accepted. I don't have a great conversion rate right now because I'm so new at this, so it's a lot of pitches. (laughs) None of that is part of the weekly review. That's just the wider lens that I was talking about with a big hairy goal. But that feeds into my weekly plan because I need a certain number of pitches as well as time to find places to pitch and time to write once the pitch is accepted. So what I do with my weekly review is find time to get that number of pitches sent. When we get back from the break, I'll talk through the actual steps and questions that I go through each week to complete the weekly review. My intention is that all of the concept we've talked about so far will be clear with these concrete steps and give you some specifics for moving forward. This break is brought to you by you. Thank you for hitting play on this episode. I know you have so many choices of podcasts, and I appreciate you listening to this one. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, share, and leave a five-star review. The more you share the messages about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Now back to the show. Now let's get into the specifics. I also have a PDF that you can get from this week's show notes that will walk you through these questions and guidelines. You can find that at sustainablesue.com slash 36. Step one of the Sustainable Sue Weekly Review is to set up the planner page. I use the term planner very loosely here. You may remember from a previous episode that my planner, I'm using that in quotes, is a notebook my son left behind after high school. I don't have a professionally printed planner because I have not found what I like and I am cheap as hell and don't want to shell out $20 to $50 for a maybe that might not work for me. Even if you buy a manufactured planner, there's often setup needed each week. Adding dates is most common. Some people use washi tape or stickers. I have a two-page spread for each week. On the right side, I draw lines to block out five weekdays and a weekend, starting with Monday. So some planners will start with Sunday or even a Saturday, but I like to start my week on a Monday. I leave one block for the weekend instead of breaking into a Saturday and a Sunday because I'm trying to limit how much I put into a weekend. So if I just have one block for the two days, that helps me limit my uh, estimates of what I can actually get done. On the left is more of a week overview. 
I put the date, like week of September 28th, plus a weekly focus. The first week after we got the puppy, the focus was just that, puppy. (laughs) I knew that I could not try to plan a bunch of stuff. Puppy was focus. More specifically, potty training, said puppy. Some weeks might have a theme like re-entry from a trip or focus on big rocks or my word of the year, which is equanimity. It sort of depends on what energy the week is bringing and what I might want to combat that energy with. The other thing on that left page might be tasks or errands or chores that I want to do this week that don't necessarily need to be assigned to a day. If I need to get my quilt blocks done for a class at the shop, I'll put it on the on the list on the left. They don't need to be time bound just, you know, sometime that week or I could chip away a little bit each week, each day of that week. This week I have drop off chainsaw, return a bathing suit that I ordered that didn't fit and finish the binding on a quilt that I'm gifting. So that's step one, set up the planner page. Step two is to add the big recurring rocks. If you're unfamiliar with the idea of big rocks, check out episode 25 about time management to learn more. In the calendar invitation to the weekly review, I even keep a list of what the recurring big rocks are. It's just one less thing to have to keep in my brain. Some of mine are my daily on-ramp, which you can learn more about in episode eight about routines. And I also have sustainable Sioux activities that I do each day. This might be writing or recording the podcast or drafting the weekly essay or social media planning, freelance research. This is where those pitches come in, you know, which days I'm going to do research on a pitch versus writing the actual article if a pitch gets accepted. I also put the specific hours that I'm working my day job. It's usually eight to five, but sometimes there are late meetings, so I'll shift things around. I also have non-daily things like exercise. That's going to be a big rock. Which day am I going to go to yoga class, for example? Because that's not something I do every day. I look ahead to see what the weather will be like to fit in a bike ride. And I have a standing date with our dog Lucille on Wednesdays to hike while Paul goes to band practice. So I guess now that's going to be Lucille and puppy will be the hike while Paul goes to band practice. These are the big rocks, the non-negotiable items, the large ticket things that all the other dribs and drabs need to fit around because at the literal end of the day, these are the commitments I made that move the needle forward. To recap, step one is set up the page. Step two is the big rocks. Step three is to review the calendar for anything you want to add to the planner page. This is on the right-hand side of of my little spread that I have. This is where it can get a little meta. Like, are you really moving things from your paper or your digital calendar to a paper planner or a high school science notebook in my case? I have found this is indeed helpful for me, but I have much less on my calendar than someone knee-deep in kid activities. This week, the extra activities from my calendar are a haircut, volunteer program training hours, and my writing group. So it's just three things that I wanted to put, and those are not all on the same day. That's just through the week. I encourage you to try this step, but if it feels like wasteful copying, just skip it. But at least try. Contempt prior to investigation keeps us from learning new things. So try to keep an open mind. Which leads me to the next suggestion. This is not really one of the steps, but, you know, remember to be flexible. 
things will come up throughout the week that need to go into this plan. And that's fine, but that's less part of the weekly review and more a function of the planner usage. If you find that you need to add things, you're, you're needing to be very flexible and add and cross things off and move it around, that's absolutely fine. That's just how life goes. It doesn't mean that you planned wrong or your planner is wrong or your weekly review is torpedoed. It just says life is really busy right now. So at this point, you've got the bones of your plan for the next week. But also part of the weekly review is continuous improvement. This does not necessarily mean doing more, moving faster, jamming more in. This means validating that your plan to live a fully engaged life is still on track. Think about the habits that you're working on. This might be morning meditation or nighttime face cream or going to bed before midnight or eating two servings of fruit each day or decluttering a small bit of your apartment for 15 minutes a couple times a week. Whatever habit change you are working on right now. So as part of your weekly review, look back at how you did on these habits. If you're using the Sustainable You Habit Tracker, this will be an easy thing to incorporate into the weekly review. Maybe you have a piece of paper that you keep a tally or tick marks are captured in your paper planner or your Outlook calendar. However you are tracking habits, see how it went in the previous seven days and ask yourself these questions. Number one, what worked and why? Maybe it worked to identify the area in your apartment to declutter this week instead of waiting until your 15-minute declutter block comes up and then deciding. You're wasting precious time in that 15-minute block. Maybe you were able to go to bed earlier because you started using the bedtime alarm on your phone. Follow-up for this weekly review question is, how can I repeat that or do more of that? With the declutter project, for example, identify what areas up for decluttering this week. If that concept worked before, repeat it. How can I get more of that success? If it worked last week, it's likely to work this week. So if you manage to go to bed at 11.45 each night and want to try for 11.30, bump your bedtime alarm back. This question does not always mean you have to ratchet up the stakes, but it does give you a chance to repeat what is making you successful. Question two is what did not work and why? This is where things can get a little sticky. This is analysis, not reprimand. This is not a moratorium on your worth as a person. So if you ask yourself what did not work and why, and your automatic answer is because I suck, (laughs) there's more going on. What I have found for me is that I, if that happens to me, if I'm feeling like a worthless piece of crap because I did not average my two servings of fruit each day, we'll say if that's what I chose. If I feel like I'm a piece of crap because I didn't hit this fruit goal, my feelings are not about the fruit anymore. <laughs> Likely I'm overscheduled and need to cut back somewhere. I'm just overwhelmed, overstimulated in general. But let's say I look back at my habit tracker and see I averaged 1.5 pieces of fruit per day. The follow-up question for this one is what kept me from meeting my target? Maybe it was because we helped our daughter move. So meal planning went out the window on three different days. Looking at those facts and data help me in my weekly review. If this coming week looks just as busy as moving week did, could I buy fruit that's a little more portable to eat in the car? Or could we throw in a salad and add fruit to sort of up the number of servings on the nights that we are home? Consider this. 
If there are several weeks in a row that you don't hit a target, question if this is the right time to be working on this particular habit change. It might not be a no, just a not yet. I came across this quote earlier this week when I was prepping for this episode. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said, the best thing one can do when it's raining is to let it rain. Okay, now it's your turn for weekly review. If you give these steps and guidelines a shot, I'd love to hear how it goes. If you get stuck, you can always reach out to me. I'm at Susan at SustainableSue.com. Thank you for your time today. Until we meet next week, remember to create results in a way that you can sustain and that are productive for you. You have just listened to the Sustainable Productivity Podcast. If you like what you heard, you might like what you read. Come to SustainableSue.com to read more and subscribe to have the weekly message sent to your inbox. You can also get show notes, including links to things discussed in the episode there, SustainableSue.com. Consider sharing this episode with a friend. The more you share the message about sustainable productivity, the more we can create a world where we are all more engaged in our lives. Keep going, friends. As Devin Durant says, small efforts sustained over time can produce significant results. Have a good week.